the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's Ed Martin's Pro-America Report. Please visit please visit ProAmericaReport.com to track in on all of them. Hey, it is so important what I'm going to tell you today. It is so important. Again, if you need to follow up and re-listen to this, go to ProAmericaReport.com. The link will be there and get signed up for the daily email. I need you to understand what's going on. That's what Ed Martin's Pro-America Report is doing. And right now we're in what you now know what you now know it's the daily wink it's the daily wink one of our viewers uh, listeners told me hey don't do what you need to know do what you now know i'm going to tell you what you now know at the end of this i'm going to say and now you know what you know what you need to know all right so uh let's get to it here today it's a very very important day it is um you know all day long lots happening and important stuff let me tell you about my 24 hours first of all last evening i spent a bunch of time reading a brief that went into the supreme court now the supreme court the brief i did was an amicus curiae amicus curiae is called friend of the court brief friend of the court filing which means you go in into court and you say, hey, you've got a case before you. I would like to tell you that I agree or disagree with one of the arguments. Okay. So the case that's pending before the Supreme Court is Pennsylvania Congressman Mike Kelly and others who are on the ballot this fall saying to the Supreme Court, we've tried to go into court and say our rights were violated and we're not getting anywhere. Please help us. Specifically, what my Congressman Mike Kelly is saying is we believe that improperly Pennsylvania courts changed the rules on mail-in ballots. It shouldn't have been done like that. And we've been damaged in our race. Okay, so I filed a brief and I said, you're exactly right. And I said in my brief, and we had a great lawyer, John Reeves, great lawyer who drafted the the brief and then we signed it. But he basically, the argument was this. We have a system. You have to be able to rely on it. The legislatures are the ones that pass laws. The governor vetoes or signs it. The legislature overrides it if it's a veto. And there you have it. It can't be that the courts are able to simply decide what they want. And so we weighed in and said, we agree with that. 
Now, fascinatingly, some Republicans and some liberals weighed in on the other side and said, you shouldn't take this case up. Everybody should move on. Nothing to see here. Now, I, I, I tell you, I got to hate I hate this dynamic where so many people who are, quote unquote, respectable, in other words, big names, including, by the way, on that brief, Senator Jack Danforth, who's not a conservative, I know, and he's kind of now in his 80s and he's sort of become a real establishment. Well, he always was establishment, but he's become a real voice for them. But it's in infuriating because what's the what, what what system do you think should happen i'm reading a book right now uh by joel pollack of breitbart it's called neither free nor fair neither free nor fair it's an ebook he came out with it fast it's about the 2020 election i'm gonna have joel on the program i think later this week but joel pollack's book it's called neither free nor fair the 2020 election he's basically saying all the systems were stacked against we the people the courts were changing the rules. The fake news is propagandizing us. The fake polls are suppressing us. Pick a topic. Pick an area. The fake candidate isn't actually competing. You know, it's extraordinary anyway. So, but here's my point. That's what I did. Then uh, we had a rally, a Stop the Steal rally. I went over at 9 o'clock, 9.30 actually, to see about the rally. I got there in front of the Supreme Court. It's supposed to be at noon. There's already a crowd there. There's some folks that came down from Pennsylvania. They've been praying all day. I went over to a big rally about 200 people. Stopthesteal.us. Check it out. Lots happening. Great energy. Important stuff. And basically, I was saying, hey, we got things happening. Don't worry. Don't get, uh, don't get too uh, uh, focused on the failures, the, uh, the, uh, the reality of, of uh, what's going on, you know, the, the, the fake news reality. Focus on what's happening. Right in front of you. So here's another thing. Eight hours before, just about an hour before I went to the 12 noon Stop the Steel rally. Stop the Steel US, by the way, check it out. I got him a notification. Texas has, a, has a, a new filing. Texas, the Attorney General Paxson, went into court and said Texans are being disenfranchised by the corruption in these states. And he named the states. And Texas said, the Attorney General said, you can't have my Texas voters had a system that was under the Constitution, that was done correctly. It worked out well. No, none of the fraud allegations of the size and scope. And now you're going to tell me that in, in five, four or five states where there's corruption, looks like it. Again, we don't know for sure, but it looks like it, that you're going to let the will of the people in Texas be overridden by the corruption in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, uh, Detroit, Maricopa County and Atlanta. Great lawsuit. The thing that's devastating to me is where are the other states that are joining? Where's Missouri's attorney general, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Eric Schmidt? Where's every attorney general from every state should be jumped in there, should be a part of it. And that they're not makes me crazy. But that's what's going on today. And look, General Mike Flynn, it was announced he'll be at the Jericho March on Saturday in Washington, D.C. I'd say we're, we're on track for a million people showing up in the mall. The beauty of it, by the way, is just a little hint. Black Lives Matter, Antifa said they're coming. Here's the beauty of it. We're doing it on the mall. The mall is federal property. You know what people don't do on federal property? Antifa. They go, Antifa goes over into, into District of Columbia, Portland City, and Oregon, uh, you know, places where they can get away with it because the law enforcement are weak, are weak and feckless, but they don't do it. They do not do it in places like Federal mall, federal property. They can't afford to. It's, 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 it's too big a risk. So it's a, a very cool, uh, very cool things are developing. And so stay focused on that. Be excited. Look, today is that uh, I will. I've, I've told you over and over. And let me say it again for you. The battle for the country, the battle for the republic is on three fronts. The legal fight ongoing, the constitutional fight ongoing. The bigger one right now is the propaganda fight with the fake news. That's tough. It's tough. 
We're fighting all the time. So don't swallow the, 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 the nonsense they're going to present over these days about how the election's over, electors have been selected. Not if there's challenges. Not if there's challenges. And there are. So we got a lot of work to do, a lot going on. Uh, we will also spend some time today. We're going to have a couple of uh, great guests. I've been looking forward to this. And let me remind you, you can go to ProAmericaReport.com. You can go to ProAmericaReport.com and track down all these guests that we have there. And you can get their shows as standalone links. And you can listen again and pass them on. Also on my on my social media accounts, Ed Martin Live, which is over on uh, Facebook. Also Eagle Ed Martin, Eagle Ed Martin, which is uh, on Twitter. And you can go in there and check all that out all those places you can go and of course proamericareport.com we will talk today with uh, uh ted malik dr ted malik will jump in and dr brett decker brett decker will get an update from the heartland been looking forward to hearing from decker uh, for a while he uh he is uh, coming up all right so that's what you got to do go to proamericareport.com check in there don't be dissuaded don't be dismayed don't be uh uh distracted don't be any D words. Just stick with what you now know, which is it's a battle. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I had a very bad morning and I was not happy. I wasn't feeling good about anything. So I'm not saying it's easy. But when you think about the number of times America has had to step up and fight through nonsense, fight through corruption, fight through the problems. But th- th- we're there. We are in the middle of that and we're going hard. And you need to stay strong, be strong and be a part of the success. All right. Uh, I want to say um, thank you, by the way, to so many of the listeners. You can email me directly ed at edmartinlive.com, ed at edmartinlive.com for feedback. I mentioned one of the listeners gave me some feedback on the name here. It's just great to talk to can communicate with people. Ed at edmartinlive.com. You can also on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. My direct messages are open. Always appreciate what's uh, what people say and their advice good counsel smart smartest listeners in the land listening right here to the pro america report and they were smart before they got here but then they get really smart all right so that's what you now know about what's happening what you now know all right we'll be back don't forget proamericareport.com to sign up for the daily wink Uh, all right ed martin here in the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We got to check in with our old friend Ted Malik and see uh, what he's seeing, what he's thinking. Uh, Dr. Ted Malik, of course, is, uh, well, tedmalik.com. You can check out all his stuff, but he is an author, frequently writing now columns at American Greatness and other places. And the book I have, Ted, I was going to tell you, I found it the other day uh, when I was straightening up bookshelves, is a book called Common Sense Business, which is uh, which mm. you put together, I th- and it's uh, it's a great one, too. So welcome, Ted. First of all, Give me your observations on where you think we are, uh, you know, in, in America on this election. Well, it seems like uh, we're in, in a place of some stagnation. We're waiting for the shoe to drop. I, I'm hoping and praying that Judge uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Alito will take on the uh, court case uh, that's come forward to the Supreme Court in, in involving Pennsylvania and that uh, some justice will be done it looks like uh in georgia we may have a you know a, a better uh, count with, with the, the uh search for the um signatures and in arizona it, it looks like the the whole election is being overturned so there are a number of states where things are happening whether it's enough whether it's too late or as the media tells us, we should just give up and go away and let the globalists take back over put Joe <laughs> Biden and all his cronies, you know, into power, even though they didn't win. They're probably, you know, I was looking at this and the statisticians have been saying this now for a number of days. They're probably 
uh, about 10 million votes involved in this fraud. This wasn't just a few dead people voting. 10 million votes. Right. I, you know, I agree. I'm funny you say that. I agree with you. I, I did an interview last night and uh, on Sinclair TV, and I said it is widespread. I mean, it's this isn't like they didn't actually just try to get 800,000 votes to win the election. It looks to me like it probably was millions and millions, and it was really systemic. Now, let me ask you a different question, Ted, maybe put you on the spot. It feels to me like three months before the election— a lot of us, I think you did too, saw what was coming. At least we thought we had a dud candidate, the media going wild, and lots of Democrat lawyers. And and, and then the early voting thing was happening, and we were all like, this is a disaster. We, we saw this train coming. Why didn't people with power, more than radio hosts, do something about it, do you think? Well, it's, it's a good question, because uh, yeah, this, there was enough evidence uh, you know, months before the election to suggest this was coming. And the Democrats were bragging about it themselves, some of them even beating their chests. Uh, John Podesta and company, you know, had played their war games. There was reporting on this even in the liberal press. So the, the point was, why weren't there 800 Republican lawyers ready to go on the evening of the election? And I must say, you know, I, I really feel embarrassed that we were unprepared and that we didn't seize this opportunity because it was something that could have been easily predicted. Well, and certainly it could have been predicted, and the scope of it maybe would have would have been hard for people even to imagine, although I think, you know, people that listen to this program and you and me and David Horowitz, who's on, know there's no, uh, there's no uh, limit to what the left will do with power. But, you know, I, I, I hate to pile on, but feels to me like it was something that the campaign, the RNC, should have been the ones that were like, hey, you, we're not just going to roll over with our uh, energy and win. you got to fight that way in the trenches. But let, let's leave that where it is now. Now, Ted, we're talking with Ted Malik, of course. And uh, Ted, what happens in this interperiod? The economy's still stable. I mean, the, the, the markets are up. Uh, the jobs number was kind of a mixed number, but not terrible. The vaccine news the president talked about earlier today is positive. Yeah, the right, very positive. The, the um, all those things are, are in good shape, right? Is, By the way, they, uh, they started already giving the vaccine, the very Pfizer vaccine in Britain this morning. So they're ahead of us. Our FDA is slower even than the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. My God. Um, the uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, the. Um, so what happens now with the economy in, in this interperiod that they're trying to make it now like, oh, nothing to see here. Everybody move on. Is there a point where uh, the, no, the and, and Europe, is, of course, is. Yeah. Go ahead. The, I mean, the fundamentals are, 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 are not radically changed. So uh, Biden inherits, if he becomes president, you know, a, a better economy, certainly than the one Trump inherited. But that doesn't mean that with the policies he's going to enact, he's going to keep it very long. So I'd say within three to six months, you'll see a decline in the stock market. You'll see an uptick in unemployment. And you'll see a massive increase in both regulations and in taxes. And when that happens, then you'll have the decline that all of us anticipated. And that is, uh, I mean, basically wealth will move. 
That's uh, that's the phrase. Wealth will move. Uh, we're talking with Ted Malik. Um, Ted, let me slide over. I want to grab your opinion. I know you've been back and forth to your, of course, you're a Native American, back and forth to the United States. You have family here, but also London's locking down, or the UK's locking down. Although the UK now has a vaccine, they're getting ready, as you pointed out. Uh, what's the state of Europe in in, the, in this moment in terms of the lockdown and the coronavirus, but also their economy? Well, the lockdowns have varied and, and not in complete sync with the U.S. Uh, the, in, in the case of the U.K., the lockdown actually ended this week, so it was on for the last three weeks. In California, it started yesterday, and it looks like it's on for the next three weeks. So there's a rolling tide when it comes to lockdowns, and they don't work anyway. But nevertheless, you know, did you know, Ed, that the virus only comes out between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. That's that's right. Yeah. It's uh, it is uh, it, it is but crazy. The right, but what situation? Yeah, go ahead. Is yep. uh, is a little bit more uh, uh, iffy in, in 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 Europe, and some of that revolves in the case of the UK around the Brexit talks, which are at the you know the uh, absolutely twelfth hour. So in the next few days, we'll either have a Brexit deal that goes through, or you have a No Deal Brexit. And it's like every morning I wake up, you know, the the pendulum swings one way or the other. This week, um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is going to go to Brussels, where usually prime ministers get uh, railroaded and uh, and taken advantage of. And he's going to meet with the head of the European Union, Van der Leyen, and they're going to try to iron out the last three issues. But if that doesn't happen, then there'll be a no-deal Brexit. And there'll be a, uh, and, and and the cost of that will be actually fairly strong on Europe and particularly on con- on countries like Germany, where the auto manufacturers are very dependent on uh, exporting their vehicles to places like the United Kingdom. So uh, that that's going to happen in the next few days. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, yeah, and and uh, all right, and and Europe more ge- uh, broadly. What you know, one of the things I uh, we're talking to Ted Malik. I wonder about is these uh, these economies that are sort of propped up. Um, you know, the Italian economy, the French economy to some extent, the Germans. Wh- wh- where's Europe and in, in general at this moment? Well, anemic economic growth, uh, Southern Europe, very high unemployment rates, and. Um, you know, the, the COVID effects have been pretty dramatic uh, in, in terms of economic output. And, you know, when you shut an economy down, it, uh, it has its effect. The stock markets are not as resoundingly strong as the U.S., but I think when you take Trump and his enthusiasm out of the picture, you'll see a very different uh, stock performance in 2021, both in the U.S. and in Europe. We're talking with Ted Malik. All right, Ted, uh, one last sort of line of questions now. You've watched a lot of elections. You've watched a lot. I, I, I've I, been telling, uh, Ted, I've been describing to people that this uh, battle for the republic is on three fronts. One front is the legal fight. You know, was there fraud? Was there bad yeah. votes? All that. The other the other is the Constitution. You know, the that front of how does the Constitution work? How do we protect against this? And the third one is the propaganda, the fake news, propaganda, information battle, which it feels like we lose a lot. Right. I mean, we've got everybody from Fox News to CNN has different ways that they're conditioning the American people to just feel like you just want to move on. And you've watched a lot of elections. You've watched a lot of you've been in marketing and sales and, and as well as education at the highest levels. What you know, how do, how do we beat this back? I get maybe more likely today. It feels like we can't beat it back. And what happens if we're now controlled 
our elections, our whole republic is controlled by these power brokers that have control of the message and, and the and things. I mean, it's a it's dangerous time, isn't it? Well, I think you, you've answered your own question. It sounds very Orwellian to me. And uh, George Orwell was pressing, you know, about our times. Uh, so what do we do? I mean, do we retreat back into some kind of cocoon, into some kind of Benedict uh, option, to quote our Fred Rod Dreyer, or uh, do we really, you know, take some action and try to countermand what's happening? I think on the media front, we absolutely need alternative media. I mean, whether it's Gateway or, or Breitbart or uh, Daily Caller or OAN, or I mean, Fox News has, uh, with very few exceptions, and I count Tucker among them, has really um, gone against uh, the conservative movement. So we need alternatives. And educationally, I mean, I, I certainly have been in and out of major uh, educational academic institutions over my lifetime, and they've been places of left refuge for conservatives. You know, there's a tiny minority, if you can even call it a minority, usually a handful of conservatives on any given faculty. So there are very few, uh, um, you know, places that you can actually retreat to. And um, that that gives us a, a kind of um, a solemn sense of what the future looks like, because I think uh, with Trump gone, you're not going to have somebody who's willing to stand up and fight this battle. And I don't see the rhino Republicans uh, willing to do that. Well, all right. It's daunting. Well, we'll touch base again next week. Ted Malik, thank you, Dr. Ted Malik, as always, for your time. And uh, we've got to run. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in one moment. Welcome back. Our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker, the New York Times bestselling author. Uh, previously, he was with the Wall Street Journal in their Asia Bureau and also was at the ed- uh, excuse me was the editorial page editor of the Washington Times, among others. Written a number of books, including one New York Times bestseller, which I like the most, The Conservative Case for Trump. And uh, he is now a professor in Ohio at Defiance College uh, teaching the youth. Uh, welcome, Dr. Decker. How are you? And let me ask you this. You've watched a lot of elections and a lot of transitions, although I don't think, <clears throat> if I can say, you were probably in your early 20s when the H.W. Bush transition would have happened, right? I mean, you would have been just out of college maybe around that time. So you might not have as, as quite quite a, a vivid recollection of the transition of a one-term president. First of all, what's your sense of the election right now and what you're hearing? What What's your uh, sense of the fight uh, to overturn some of these decisions? How do you feel about all this? Yeah, you know, uh, I did some work on the uh, HW. Uh, some of my early campaign work was actually on that 92 Bush campaign, oh. um, uh, mostly doing setup and stuff for some quail events. But uh, um, I, I think I, the thing is, I think, you know, too many people, I was talking to someone recently, and they're like, well, the danger is uh, it seems like a lot of the Republican establishment has decided um, that they're not into the fight, right? And they're they're already you know they're already going public with the fact that they think it's over and, and all that kind of thing. I think I, one, I, I think that's not necessarily untrue, but I think it overlooks the fact that Trump kind of smoked out. Is that we're already kind of in a one party state? Like we have the establishment, and then people on both sides play ball with it. And if they don't, they don't go anywhere and don't have much of a say, right? I mean, I, and I think a lot of Republican voters overwhelmingly are against kind of this deep state orientation. But, uh, you know, 
I, I said, I think I said on one of your shows recently that like half of Republicans, you know, are on board for the deep state. And someone's like, it's a lot higher than half. And uh, right. I think that's a, that's a pretty good point. So I think, I, you know, if you look at all the different layers of government that have to concede that something's dirty, I just don't see that happening. I don't see right these layers of judges and state legislatures going through to um, uncertify and elect a state election that they've already certified. And I think that's kind of the hurdle, especially when yeah. um, the Republican side isn't all on, on the same on the same page. Well, I heard someone say today that, um, and I think this is right, as an attorney myself, and I, you know, I clerked at the Court of Appeals, the Federal Court of Appeals, right right below the Supreme Court, and I, you know, I practiced for a while, and um, people think that the courts are going to be arbiters of uh, of uh, of justice, and they're human beings. In fact, I like to say that the people that make it to the highest levels, uh, like the Supreme Court, are the smartest, you know, the intellectually smartest, and the savviest politicians. You just can't go that high without playing the game at a high level, both brains as well as uh, politics. So they're not, but they're not going to be immune to what you just said, which is if the whole of the country's moving on, and why would they bother changing the direction, right? It's like when when Bush v. Gore happened and the decision was five to four, I think it was five to four, it was basically a tie and the court had to decide somebody wins. And they decided, well, we'll go with Bush because I think that'll work. There, there were, you could have made an argument in that decision that was the other way and all. And I think in this case, you'd have to take three or four steps to get there. Here's the question I have for you. Uh, Dr. Decker, and you live in Ohio, but you're born and raised in Michigan, and you've written uh, periodically uh, about the grassroots of this country and the sort of America first need. In fact, the famous Decker memo of, what was it, 2013 that you sent to Donald Trump about how you can win going through Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. The idea was there's a whole bunch of people that are sick of the swamp. And and although the powerful are happy there, and and 30% of the country that relate to the powerful are happy, are we at a point where 75% of the country are not happy, are absolutely, you know, disgusted and they're, you know, and they're upset. And if the Supreme Court and others don't get this right, they might be losing the people in a way that we haven't seen before. What's your thought on that? I mean, I think it's definitely sort of a, a compelling and important point in that, you know, every four years when people see the county map on the presidential election, and even places like New York and California, majority of the geography is red, right? It's just the pockets of these cities and things, right? L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, New York. But you see just this American map that's all red. And what what kind of the media and liberals sneeringly refer to as flyover country, there's a ton of people in so-called flyover country that, that aren't on board. And even just anecdotally, you know, before the election, when, when you and I were talking about it, I said, there are more Trump signs than four years ago. What's interesting is right. since, since the election, there are more Trump signs in Michigan and Ohio than before the election. People are putting Trump signs up now protesting uh, the way the election is supposedly gone. And I think that touches on that point you make is, you know, it's very dangerous for like half the country or more to think an election isn't legitimate. And I think it's one thing the establishment doesn't get because what what they look at is their audience is, say, Europe and people overseas, right? They don't look at flyover yeah. country as being important. So they look at they don't want to change the election because how it would look like America election had this much American election had this much fraud. They don't want 
Europeans and other people look down on us, but they don't they don't care what say obviously they don't care what Americans think because they're closing down all their businesses, right? Well, and, and let me ask you a different question uh, this, along the same lines, but broaden it out. In 2010, and, and again, you, 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 your observation of the, of the politics of this, in 2010, tw- 2009, 2010, Tea Party explodes. And the Tea Party, all those people that were suddenly energized, they were, well, we got to reject that uh, Obama, Democrat, Obamacare and the stimulus, reject that vision. We'll go with these guys and gals over here, the Republicans. And then after a while, in my estimation, the establishment and the political system, in this case the Republicans, either co-opted or corrupted the Tea Party types, and there wasn't a unifying vision, there wasn't a unifying party, and there wasn't a unifying person who was the identifiable Tea Party, and frankly, the establishment won. So in 2014-15 and coming up to the election, the establishment Republicans had figured it out. They'd kind of waited them out. They made enough noises that were Tea Party-ish, but they went back to their old thing, got rid of earmarks, but they still put earmarks in bills and all the rest. So here's what my concern is. In Georgia, the, the, the establishment's thinking to themselves, hey, we got the same problem as, as the Tea Party folks. We got to give them a little red meat. They'll hang around and they'll still be ours because they hate the Democrats. He, here's what I would say. I lived it in 2019. I was on the local ballot running for the local county board of supervisors here. And in 2018, I lived it by being on the radio talking about it. And you could be for Trump. You could be for Trump's issues. Trump could endorse you, which he did in 2018 for a lot of candidates. And you still got killed because the Democrats came out to vote and the Republicans didn't vote if Trump wasn't on the ballot. And I, my feeling here is that if Trump is not on the ballot, he, he campaigned for candidates in 2018. It still didn't work. If he's not, and if, they, if people feel like he was abandoned, I'm not sure that the Republican Party in the next two to four years recovers. You know, I, I think it's a great point. The only thing I, 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 can, I can use as a maybe a counter is that this happens all the time, right? So... In 92, right, the election, right. we started talking about Ross Perot got 20 percent. And that was basically right. people who 85 percent had voted for Reagan and Bush three three elections in a row. But they got sick right. of Bush being squishy, right? Eighty five percent or something had voted for Republicans. But how Republicans keep getting people back is, OK, we might not be perfect, but you know what? If you don't show up and the other side keeps winning, you don't get anything on abortion. You don't get anything on guns. You don't get anything on taxes. So they keep dangling issues over our head. And we're like, that's true. They toss us some stuff. We win some things that way. And we win nothing if we don't if we don't at least have some say. So I think that's kind of like it's kind of like a drug dealer right here. Just start off with this. And then they keep giving you things that are more stronger and stronger. Right. So it's kind of like the GOP right? the GOP is like the ideological drug dealer for, for conservatives. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, 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 we'll help you win a little bit. You'll feel good, you know. Right. Well, and and uh, and so, so along the same lines, to your point, um, when I say wait it out, if you're faced with Joe Biden going after the little sisters of the poor, because Javier Becerra, the attorney general of California, is might be HHS uh, secretary, and that's what he'll do. He's already done it before. Pretty quickly, you say that clarifies my head. Right. I'm going to be opposed to those guys. So you you suddenly are standing next to Kevin McCarthy and saying, well, I'm against those guys. I'm against those Democrats. I guess I'm with you. And that, that does seem to work. I, I just think Trump is kind of sui generis. 
generous, and and uh, and people may not realize uh, how significantly. All right, I got to run, unfortunately, Doctor Decker. I appreciate it. We'll have you back on uh, certainly before Christmas, probably two more times. So uh, stay well, and uh, we will check in and uh, watch uh, watch things closely. Appreciate it very much, Doctor Decker. Uh, talk soon. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now continuing that legacy, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Yesterday, you heard in Phyllis Schlafly's own words about the tragedy of the Pearl Harbor attack in 1941. Just as she said, Pearl Harbor Day should be a sobering reminder of the dangers that come when we reject the philosophy of American military superiority. However, I think there's a lot of hope to be found in our history as well. Phyllis Schlafly maintained a journal throughout most of her life. The Phyllis Schlafly Eagles keep these priceless treasures in our archive in St. Louis, Missouri. Looking back at her entries for 1945, I've read what she wrote about rushing to downtown St. Louis to see the celebrations of VJ Day in the streets. She witnessed firsthand how Americans reacted in triumph as well as in tragedy. Americans have been trying to come to grips with the COVID-19 pandemic for months now, but the Christmas season is surely to highlight the peculiarity of the times we live in as we all deal with meddlesome government regulations and nervous family members, do not forget that Americans can overcome any challenge if we're willing to stand by the foundational principles that unify us. In December 1941, Americans rallied together to face a foreign threat. If Americans are going to face the foreign threat of the China virus, we have to stand together. Democrats want to divide us and don't want this to happen. They'd rather rule over a divided nation. They want to pit black against white, man against woman, urban against rural, and young against old. We cannot let them get away with it. No matter what the left says, most Americans want to stand for the flag and support our first responders. We believe, as our founding fathers did, that government should answer to we the people. We believe in personal liberty as well as personal responsibility. We don't want a nanny state to dictate how we live our lives. Just as Phyllis Schlafly experienced, sometimes we have to suffer through a Pearl Harbor to get to a VJ Day. We cannot allow ourselves to be discouraged when there is so much promise in what lies ahead. In triumph and in tragedy, Americans can come together to fight for liberty. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome, everybody. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'm going live on Periscope for those of you that are listening on the radio. Of course, I am pre-recording this segment, but I'm on Periscope at Eagle Ed Martin. Thank you to our great listeners who are over on Periscope. So I want to finish the radio show and finish today's uh, wink, today's What You Need to Know, uh, by telling you an update 
on what's happening, okay? So let me give you an update. Remember our three-front battle, three-front battle. One is the law, the legal cases. The other is the Constitution. And the big one overarching everything is the uh, propaganda fight, the information war where the fake news and the establishment are trying to tell us exactly what we are supposed to do. We're not supposed to have an opinion about the election. We're supposed to just go along with what we're getting on. So, pardon me. So let me talk about that. The three areas, right? On the legal front, there's a lot going on on the legal front that you're seeing some of. Okay, and one of the lawsuits today, which was a really great lawsuit, is the Texas attorney general who has said, hey, wait a second. We had an election in Texas. Our voters were clear. We have a a, a result. And you're telling me that these other states are going to use a corrupt system, a broken system and change our choice for president. It's pretty compelling, actually. So it's a good lawsuit. I actually know the attorney who drafted it. Um, really sharp guy. I've worked with him before. And I think it's a good case. And I think it's a great case if other states will join in. You know, why wouldn't? I mean, I know in California, the attorney general is a liberal b- basara that uh, turns out that if Joe Biden has ever made president, he wants to promote the attorney general of California, Basara or Basara, to become the head of the HHS. That guy literally has been targeting literally pro-lifers, the little sisters of the poor as an example, and targeting them in his job as attorney general. He's not going to be in charge of HHS so much for the moderate Joe Biden in terms of proposals. But you can I tell you what's going on is the dynamic here is all about California, because if you take an AG out of California, Newsom gets to replace him. There's a Senate seat that Kamala Harris has. Remember, remember when uh, Blagojevich got uh, sent to jail for dealing on Obama's uh, Senate seat? That's what's going on here. So anyway, but back to uh, back to where we're getting at. Texas, it's a good lawsuit. Here's my question. If you're in a state right now and you're watching this or listening, if you're in a state that has an attorney general who's a Republican, ask him where, why aren't they signed on? Every state that has a Republican attorney general and who voted, the state voted for uh, Trump should be objecting in the same lawsuit. It's a great lawsuit. And remember my threefold battle, right? The threefold battle, constitution, the legal fight, as, and by the legal fight, I mean actual instances of fraud at the state and local level. The constitutional fight is the U.S. Supreme Court and then the information. Today, December 8th, is what they're trying to say today is this magical date under the safe harbor law. And there's reasons to talk about that, but not if there's contests, not if there's conflicts. And what we've seen the Texas attorney general do is say, hey, we got a conflict. I was over at the Supreme Court earlier today. So I told you I'm kind of cold and I'm, 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 I'm sitting here is because I was over there and, and, and patriots gathered. In fact, I went over at nine o'clock in the morning to check it out. I like to see the site I'm going to be on to see if there's anybody, you know, funky there. Sometimes there's a at the Supreme Court. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to book a site. At the Supreme Court, the steps are sort of open to the public, but it's kind of first come, first served. So I thought if I go over there and scout it out, I'll see. It's an interesting detail. You might not have known that um, if you, you are not allowed to put a stage in front of the Supreme Court and by booking it. But if you show up and you put your soapbox out, you can stand up on it. You can have a microphone. You can have whatever you want. So anyway, I went over there at nine o'clock. There was already Patriots gathered. Stop the steal. Go to StopTheSteal.us, by the way. And they were fired up. They were fired up. They were energized and they were excited and they were praying all day. At noon, I went over even bigger crowd and we gave a talk. I gave out some of the things. Oh, I, I meant to tell you. 
I, uh, I filed I was I filed an amicus curiae brief. I mentioned it earlier in the uh, radio show. I filed an amicus curiae brief it means that I filed in the Supreme Court a document that said, as to the case you have, I'm a big fan of that. Here's some reasons why. And it helps bolster the court. The court likes to see who else cares and how it impacts them. So I was filing it on behalf of my organization, the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we were saying, look, as to that Pennsylvania case, we can't feel good about an election system where Pennsylvania's courts, the state courts, change the laws, not the legislature. If the legislature changed the laws and it was not good, then there's not much you can do. In Oregon, for example, the legislature signed, the governor signed what the legislature passed about mail-in ballots. It's hard to argue that's uh, inappropriate. That's Oregon's decision to elect idiots. But in Pennsylvania, the elected people, the, the elected officials elected by the people are Republican. And so when the governor couldn't get mail in ballots, the courts did it by a judicial fiat. And so in the Supreme Court right now is Congressman Mike Kelly, the U.S. congressman from Pennsylvania, saying, hey, wait a second. Why did they get to change that law? That's not right. That's not the way we do things. So anyway, that's that's all the background on that. I filed an amicus curiae. Here's what I'm telling you on the information battle. You're seeing more information flowing out there trying to say, whoa, whoa, what's the story here? And slow down. And now the news just a few minutes ago that uh, General Mike Flynn is going to be at the Jericho March. I've been telling you about the Jericho March on Saturday in Washington, D.C. About 12 noon is the main stage. There'll be marches earlier around some of the key uh, places. Prayer, a lot of prayer. It's really a prayer, not a rally. So if you're at JerichoMarch.org, you should check that out. And it's StopTheSteal.us is together with Jericho March and others. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, you're going to want to check that out. But here's my point to you all. The uh, there is a lot happening in a positive way and you should be encouraged. Don't be discouraged and especially don't let the propaganda get you down. All right, let me finish up here. Uh, This is uh, Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in on the radio. Thank you to uh, Randy, our great uh, technical director, Joanna for booking our guests and those of you on on Periscope watching and listening and we'll be back uh, tomorrow. 